What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rants and Revelations with me, your boy, Alex Rudinger. And yes, guys, I know. I mean, I'm pretty sure most of you probably assumed I was just done doing this podcast. I know the people in my Patreon uh, knew I wasn't totally done because I said so in our chat. Uh, But I pretty much haven't done it in like, I don't know, it's been like six or seven months, maybe longer. Um, But it was never my intention to stop. Uh, I just kind of went through a period, which I will tell you some about. Uh, but yeah, I'll just jump right into it, I guess. Uh, basically, you know, if you follow me on social media and stuff, you know, uh, I recently resigned from Whitechapel and I'm not going to go into a ton of details. I mean, shit, man, I've gone back and forth on what I should say or how much, uh, but I pretty much think what I, what I said in my official press release or whatever the hell Uh, is good enough, you know. Um, But when I realized that I was most likely going to do that, um, I don't know, it had a lot of things go through my head. I I mean, you got to keep in mind, I, uh, you know, again, I I don't even know what to say about this. I mean, if you listen to my podcast and, you know, episodes, uh, tons of my past episodes, I talked a lot about my plans with Whitechapel and how much I loved it and uh, moving down there. And, you know, I was looking at homes down there. And when I had this, not realization, but when I came to terms with the thoughts I was having of like, okay, I don't know if this is going to work long term. You know, not only did that mean my professional life was going to change, it was also going to affect my long-term plans because I was planning my life around it. And I didn't really know what to say yet about it, Um, especially given how much I've talked about my plans for moving on this podcast. So I just kind of decided, you know what, I'm not going to do a podcast. And in addition to that, I was not in a particularly good headspace for a while there when I was, you know, kind of coming to terms with that decision. Um, so I just opted to not do the podcast for a while, um, which kind of sucked. Like, I don't know. I'm not good at faking things. Like I'm not good at like, I mean, anyone that knows me well knows that I tend to wear my emotions on my sleeve and I have gotten better at not being that way. And I've gotten better at compartmentalizing things, but it's not always easy for me, especially if something is really weighing on me. And, uh, you know, it was hard for me to like get on the podcast. I even tried once and, and just kind of like talk about other stuff and not talk about my plans with moving and what was going on behind the scenes and all that, uh, in my professional life. So, you know, if something is really pressing on my mind, it's hard for me to compartmentalize that stuff. But, uh, Yeah. Um, And, you know, I mean, I know in my Patreon, I said a little bit more about what happened, but, you know, I'm not, I'm likely not, you know, even then I didn't go into a ton of detail and likely I I probably won't ever. I mean, you know, I went back and forth on what to say um, for a long time, honestly. I was really uncertain and I had so much anxiety about posting anything, you know, 
I mean, seriously, y'all, it's like, I mean, I've been in a lot of bands and then I've also worked for a lot of bands. And that's, I think, what's really gotten me is, you know, I'm I'm very happy, actually, with the reception I got for resigning. People were very supportive of it on my own personal, like, Instagram page. You know, no one was too mean. There were a few comments that, you know, the thing is, I think people on the Internet just forget that you can that people see those comments, you know, like I've definitely had the kind of thing in the past where, uh, someone says something mean and then I'm like, Hey dude, that's not cool. And then they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't think you'd even see that. And it's like, you know, I think people just forget that the anonymity of it is one thing, but people do actually see the comments at any rate. You know, I, I've, I saw everything and there were some negative comments, but I anticipated that, you know, some people being like, yeah, not surprising. He just quit another band. And it's like, man, you know, I don't know. It upsets me, but at the same time, like, I can't let that stop me from doing what I very genuinely felt was was best for myself. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like some whim decision where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to quit now. You know, uh, a lot went into that decision and I had valid reasons for doing so. But you know, it still sucks to see. I, I think what really gets me, that's what I was saying, is that, you know, people are like, you know, you quit X, Y, and Z bands. And it's like, dude, I was never in those bands. I was filling in for those bands. So in addition to the bands I've actually been in, I think people also just assume that any band I've ever played with, I was actually in, you know? Um and I am not with them anymore because I was just filling in and people are just like, oh, another bandy quit, you know, but whatever. I don't know. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it was a tough decision. And uh, yeah, you know, I just, it's pretty much exactly like what I said in that press release, um, you know, which was just that there were certain things, both professionally and personally, that weren't sitting right with me. Um, definitely on the professional side and definitely on the personal side, there was an incident and I just didn't really like, uh, and by just didn't really, I mean, very much not at all. I was not comfortable with how it was handled. And, uh, yeah, it became apparent that that was how it was going to be left. And it was the combination of uh, the professional stuff mixed with what was going on personally. And I just decided, you know, I made a judgment call. The thing is, it's hard for me to talk about because for one, you know, if I go into too much detail, it would be sharing some personal details about someone. And I don't want to do that despite what happened. It's just not my business to share. Um, and then moreover, uh, you know, it's not, it's like, I don't want to talk shit because honestly, it's not, shit talking like the reality was is that i was unhappy with how something was handled uh massively so and although there were people that were also unhappy they were kind of reluctant to do anything else and you know i kind of get that too i mean the those guys have an interesting dynamic it's been those five guys for nearly 20 years and uh this was the first time there was an incident, you know, uh, with me at all. And although other people were unhappy with what was going on too, 
and how I was treated, uh, you know, they have their dynamic. And it was awkward for everyone involved, I think. Um, but when it became apparent that that's how they were deciding to handle something, I just felt like it wasn't going to work for me, you know? And that's not to say that they're in the wrong. I mean, the simple, simple truth of it is that people deal with uh, negativity or with altercations in different ways, you know? And for me, I have come to find after all the years I've spent working in this industry and just having human interactions in general that the only way to really properly deal with something is to address it up front, you know, and put it out there and it needs to be talked about and dealt with. And I guess on their end, they were kind of more like, we just need to bury this and, you know, not that's and kind of drop it. And, and that wasn't okay with me, you know, and that's not to say that their way of dealing with things is bad. To me, it's, it's not a healthy way of dealing with something but it works for them, and that's okay, is what I'm trying to say. And I know that rhymed. I didn't mean for it to. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're allowed to deal with issues or whatever in any way they see fit. Um, but I voiced my concerns about it, and when it became apparent that nothing else would be done, I was, you know, at that point, I tried to be objective about it and was just like, okay, well, if that's the case, uh, I don't think I can do this because I'm not okay with this. And, you know, so it's kind of just differing uh, ways of dealing with stuff. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, it was definitely a bummer to me because I very genuinely loved the music and I was proud to represent them on stage. And like I said, I mean, I was serious about it. I was planning my future around it. So... Um, but if there's one thing I know uh, in the last 10 years, if there's one thing I have learned about myself and this industry is uh, I have definitely learned my limits and what I'm going to be able to tolerate or not tolerate. And, you know, it actually felt so good to trust that and believe in that and say, you know what? I'm not going to be okay with this, so I have to make a decision now and, and change my path. And that was very empowering. Um, it was scary because, like I said, guys, like, I don't know, man, it's weird. Like, I know I'm, I'm not a celebrity at all, but I know that, like, I don't know, you know, people see shit. And I, I get it, too. You know, people in the music industry and in any entertainment industry, they want to know, you know, it's, it's art. So like they, people develop like an emotional attachment to a band or an artist. And when something changes, they want to know what happened, you know, because of that. And, you know, I get that. Um, because there've been times where I've felt the same way, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, it is still a business and, you know, so there was there were both sides to it. There were business and personal, but ultimately, I just felt like it was only going to be if I continued with it on a personal level. I felt like I was going to have some 
buried resentment and anger, and that's not healthy. I've done that before. Uh, you know, I mean, I've been in bands where I've been that way. I mean, one band I've been pretty open about with what happened was The Faceless, and, you know, the only reason I've ever opened up about what was really going on in that band is because uh, the individual who was having issues has opened up about it. You know, he, uh, and th that this was totally different than, you know, what the Whitechapel thing, but, you know, he was a drug addict and I, I've heard that he's doing well now and he's clean, but he himself has opened up and talked a little bit about uh, his struggles with that. And because he's talked about it, I have, you know, been a little bit more open about talking about it, but, um, you know, if you look back on, if you were to look on the internet somewhere and find the original press release I made when I quit that band, I didn't mention anything about that. Cause again, it's, you know, it's the personal side of this stuff. And, you know, I know people want to know, but sometimes personal stuff just has to stay personal, you know? Um, and as angry as I was at Michael Keane at the time for a variety of things, you know, at the end of the day, a drug addiction is, is like a disease. And like, I don't think, you know, talking about it publicly at, at the time would not have done him any favors. And, you know, so anyway, what am I trying to say? I'm just going off on a tangent. But um, yeah, in that band, there was a period, honestly, for a large part of my period in The Faceless, I was angry and resentful. Um, I had anger about the situation itself, um, and it just wasn't healthy, man. Like, I was just angry in my head all the time. Like, I was a little bit younger, so, like, I was still kind of stoked in a way because it was still kind of like a dream come true to, like, be playing in the band, but it was not being run very well, and, and there were just so many issues. Like, I was constantly angry and had this resentment, and, dude, it's just not healthy, you know? And when I recognized that in this latest situation, it, it was just like this red flag went off. And again, I really want to emphasize that, like, when I say it was a red flag, you know, both things, the personal and the business, that does not mean that it's wrong. You know, like it is up to those guys, how they choose to run a business and, you know, how they choose to deal with personal issues and that kind of thing. And at the end of the day, if if whatever way of dealing with things or if their way of dealing with things works for them, then that is okay, you know? Everyone has different standards for this kind of stuff and different ideals. Um, but it, it just became incredibly apparent that it wasn't okay with me. It did not at all mesh with my definition of a healthy working environment and, uh, yeah, so that was that on the personal side and the business side, uh, you know, like I said, in my press release, I never signed anything. There was, a. Uh, it was weird, man. Like, yeah, I, I mean, we had talked about me joining, but at the time it was really busy. Like I went down there and, uh, to do something. I don't even remember what we did on that trip. This was months ago now. And, uh, you know, they were basically like, yeah, we want you to join. And I was like, man, sick. Yeah. I mean, you know, I wanted that too. And, but we didn't ever talk about the details beyond that. Um, and I was going to 
drive over to Wade's at one point and try to have a conversation with him about it. But he was, uh, his, his girlfriend was, well, now fiance, I guess, was in, uh, pregnant at the time and was very close to being due. And it just didn't seem like an appropriate time. So I was like, ah, whatever, we'll, we'll talk about it at some point, uh, after I get home, you know, on the phone and I'm sure we're going to go over stuff before anything gets announced, but it was kind of just like this weird timing thing where like, we never got to that. And then when some stuff started kind of going down personally, um, they kind of just posted that announcement saying I was in the band and it caught me a little off guard, to be honest. Um, but when I say that, I, I don't think it, they, they definitely were concerned even at that point that I was going to leave because of what was going on personally. And, um, I think that they kind of posted that because they didn't want me to leave. The rest of them didn't want me to leave. And it's like, I know that sounds almost like a bad thing. Like they were kind of trying to do it to manipulate me, but I don't think that is the case at all. Like I want to be really clear about that. Uh, I think if anything, the rest of the guys in the band were like, we love Rudy and we really don't want to lose him you know, let's just go ahead and make this announcement because we value him and we want him to know that we value him, you know? Um, and, you know, so they did, but it just kind of wasn't, to me, the, the total right way to handle it. Um, I think, you know, for me, the, the right way to handle it would have been to address the actual problems that were going on and, you know, wait to make that official announcement until we had gone over more of the business and, and what it, what me actually being full-time meant. Um, because as it stands now, I, I really have no idea anything about the financial standing of the band or, you know, and now it's definitely none of my business, um, because I left, but yeah, I mean, legally I never was a full-time member and, uh, you know, unfortunately it was kind of just a timing thing because of other things that were going on that that got announced kind of prematurely, but, um, yeah. So anyway, but even with all of this in mind, it was not an easy decision because genuinely guys, uh, like I said, aside from, you know, planning my future around it, um, you know, Whitechapel was very fulfilling to me musically and, uh, it was hard to kind of be like, okay, I don't know, I guess, you know, I had that feeling I've had before where I'm kind of like, what now, you know? And, um, but it was also hard because, you know, again, from a, just a musical, musical perspective, I really did enjoy being in that band. So, uh, but I've also, as I've already said here, learned, uh, the hard way, you know, that that's not enough, you know, you have to be happy and it has to be a healthy situation too. So, um, I truly, from the bottom of my heart, wish them all the best. Um, I haven't talked to many of them since then. And I think that's pretty understandable. I, I think they're probably, I, I don't really think any of them necessarily blame me, but, uh, I think they're hurt by it too, because I know that they gen genuinely didn't want me to go. Um, I've still talked to Zach quite a lot. Um, in fact, I helped him with some stuff after that. I, I think I'll probably always remain pretty dang close with Zach 
you know, as close as you can be when you're no longer working with them and stuff. But, you know, we've just texted about random recording gear since then, pretty much just like we normally did, even when I was in the band. You know, we just talked as friends all, pretty frequently because I think out of anyone in the group, him and I had the most in common in terms of that stuff. You know, we were both kind of into the audio side of things and um, enjoyed talking about drums and random shit. You know, like he found some weird floor tom foam things that you know were supposed to help floor toms resonate better and he sent me the links and we're like what do you think and you know we've just always done that kind of shit so you know i value that friendship and i hope to maintain it um you know just like i would have if i were still in the band um, but the rest of the guys i don't know you know we haven't spoken that much since and i have no idea what they're feeling i know um they've all had a lot on their plate though recently anyway and you know, now they're trying to find, I guess, a, a new person to... I know they got the the guy that filled in before me to play their Christmas show. Um, I don't know if he's doing their next tours or anything like that. I'm not really sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, I uh, honestly, like, I really do wish them all the best. I'm immensely proud of the album I got to do with them. Um, truly, man. I mean, shit. I really love that album. I'm proud to be a part of it. Um, it was a little bit bittersweet, to be honest, like when it was coming out, because I felt like at that time I should be nothing but super stoked. Um, but I wasn't really because of what was going on. And, you know, so that was kind of hard. But now that I kind of did what I had to do for myself and, and made that tough decision and moved on, like I can kind of reflect on it a little bit better now and, and still be immensely proud of it. And, and I am, and I always will be. So, so for real, you know, I wish them truly all the best and I'm very thankful. I had the opportunity to play with them at the end of the day. It just didn't, you know, uh, the ways of dealing with things and how some of it was being run, I just wasn't comfortable with. And that again, does not mean their way is necessarily wrong. It's just different and that's okay. You know, um, it just didn't work for me. So I moved on. Um, so at that point, I wasn't entirely sure exactly what I was going to do next. Uh, I still, I had to fly out to LA to work for Light the Torch and do some music videos. Um, and I've worked for them, obviously, like periodically. I did that live stream with them during the pandemic and during the pandemic. We're still in the pandemic, but, you know, at an earlier point in the pandemic. And I did their album right before the pandemic and... I was supposed to do something else with them, but then I got sick. I didn't have COVID, but I was sick and there was some concern about it. So I ended up not flying out for it. But anyway, I went out there and I talked with Fran and told him, you know, that I had resigned and they very promptly were like, dude, we'd love to have you on our next tour. Um, you know, and that's coming up. It's in about a month's time now. Um, and that is with Kill Switch Engage and August Burns Red. So I'm very, very relieved to still have work. Um, so I'll be filling in on that tour is what I'm saying. And that was a concern of mine too, um, because it's kind of like I spent the last two years basically like, you know, twiddling my thumbs, kind of like excitedly waiting to be able to fucking go back on tour again. And kind of like around the time where it was getting close was, you know, all of a sudden I was like, ah, you know, and I decided to resign from the band I had been playing with. So I was definitely for a minute, like, I wonder what the hell I'm going to do now, 
you know, money wise and, and all that, you know, I had a lot of thoughts in the last six to eight months, y'all. I mean, I don't know, you know, I, I not, it's not to say I would ever quit drumming altogether. I definitely wouldn't, but there was a part of me that was like, man, should I just like do something else like uh, for money? Like, should I consider something else altogether? do drums and YouTube and recording stuff, but maybe look at something else. Like that's, I'm at the point in this pandemic where that's where I was thinking. Oh, and that's another thing is, <coughs> I haven't talked this much in a while. I've been very antisocial lately. So it's tickling my throat. Um, but anyway, yeah, there was a, I was supposed to do a tour with Light the Torch. And this was before I, you know, resigned from Whitechapel. There was some stuff going on at that point already, but you know, I, I hadn't even considered quitting yet. I was supposed to go do this tour with Light the Torch uh, right at the end of the summer, I guess it was, slash, you know, it was like in September, I guess, September, October, and it got canceled relatively last minute. I hadn't even posted that I was doing it yet, and uh, but, you know, Whitechapel didn't have anything going on, and I was going to go fill in for him on that tour, and then it got canceled, and I mean, even at that point, I was like, God damn it, dude, like am I ever going to go on tour again? Like what the shit? Uh, what, you know, so I've been in a weird headspace where I've just kind of been like, dude, if something doesn't give soon, I have to like figure something else out. But as of now, because I, oh, I gotta move this. There we go. Because I, uh, you know, I decided to leave Whitechapel and, that meant rethinking my moving plans. So the life update with that is that I have, n I have stopped entirely looking for homes right now um, because I'm still kind of reassessing. I, I talked for a long time with my mom um, and basically our plan now is I'm going to keep living here for a while um, at least until I start touring regularly again and there's some semblance of normality back in my life in terms of my normal working life um, and kind of see how that's going, you know. And uh, in the meantime, to be able to afford staying here, I'm just, you know, picking up more bills with my mom and, you know, we're kind of making it work. And because that's a whole other thing. I don't know if I can't remember what I have or haven't talked about because it's been so long, but um you know, she's had a lot of changes in her life the last couple of years too. So to afford things here, I kind of got to do more and that's okay. I'm happy to do it. Um, you know, but yeah, so I'm just going to help out here more. And I guess the original plan was like, okay, if I move, uh, from here, like I had planned on doing, you know, she would then also move and, you know, almost right away, I guess, down to where, where her husband lives in Annapolis, Maryland, or down towards the Chesapeake Bay. Um, because my mom's married, but like, they don't live full time at the same place all the time. Um, it's a long story. That's a whole nother thing. I can't remember if I talked about it. It doesn't matter. I mean, they're happily married. They just have different jobs and stuff. And, you know, but, uh, you know, now that that's not happening, we're definitely going to stay here for a bit, which I think my mom's, you know, my mom has lived here longer than any place she's ever lived in her life. So we're both very attached to this house. You know, I mean, I still very much want to move and have my own space, but you know, and I definitely, I'm not going to lie guys. I turned 30 since my last podcast episode and, uh, 
Uh, it had always been a goal of mine since I was like 18 or 19. You know, my plan was like, okay, if I'm going to do music, I'm going to save, save, save. And I'm going to buy my own home before I'm 30 and move. And it was a little bit tough to like turn 30 and not accomplish that goal yet. You know, I mean, I did okay on the savings end, but I just haven't owned my own home yet. I'm still living here and um, but I'm trying to cut myself some slack. I think if it hadn't been for the pandemic and then all the changes in my life, uh, in my professional life on top of all that in the last six to eight months, I probably already would have moved. So I'm trying to cut myself some slack there. Um, I know it'll happen, but we'll see what, what's going on in the coming months after I start touring again. And as the world hopefully continues to improve, uh, I'm going to reassess it and start looking for homes again, most likely around here. Um, that's the other thing though, is it's like a whole nother can of worms is like this area is a lot more expensive than the houses I was looking at in Tennessee. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting, but we'll see what happens. So for the time being, I am, uh, I'm reluctant to say it, but in a way, because like I said, really had hoped to own my own home by now, but whatever pandemic, I'll let it go. I'm very fortunate to still have a place where I can drum and, and play. And I'm very thankful to my mother for that and how supportive she's been, um, in general, just like through this pandemic and stuff. And a lot of people have had it a lot worse than I have. So, you know, we'll see what happens. So that's pretty much where I'm at, you know, I'm going to wait and see now that I've made this you know decision in my professional life and moved on. I'm going to wait till uh, I'm, I'm, you know, because of that, I'm not going to move to Tennessee anymore and, uh, I'm going to give it some time to see what happens, uh, with my professional life in the coming months and touring again, albeit with a new band and, you know, playing with light the torch, see how that goes. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to go great. I've, I've had a great time every time I've worked for those guys and, um, I'm excited to play live with them. Ironically, all the stuff I've done with them has not been live performance. Well, I guess the the stream was live. We did like that live stream thing, but it wasn't, you know, like a live show, like in front of a live audience or whatever. So, um, but they're all exceptionally nice guys and, you know, so, well, yeah, that's pretty much it guys. That's my long, long update. Uh, for the last six months. And that's definitely why I stopped doing the podcast for a while. I was just so like, you know, when it became apparent to me that like, I don't know, it was almost, it, it definitely didn't happen all at once, but it, when it became apparent when I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm okay with this. And if that's how this is all going to go, I might not be able to continue doing this, you know, meaning Whitechapel. And if that's the case, what does that mean? And, and it put me down this headspace of like, what it means for me, not only personally, but professionally. And, um, you know, so it's, it's been a long couple of months and, you know, or six months for me. And I was pretty anxious and depressed for a while, but, you know, made the decision that was best for me. I feel great about it too, to be honest. And I'm not trying to say that to like, uh, be mean or anything to them, you know, but I'm, I'm happy with my decision because like I said, it just felt good to, to know my limits and, and stand up for them. So 
uh, I'm really proud of uh, proud of myself in that way. And uh, you know, Anoop's been a very steady rock for me during this whole time too. I've seen him a lot and talked to him a lot the whole, you know, step of the way. And uh, yeah, so that's been really good. Anoop, Anoop is my fucking boy, man. And uh, he went out on a tour for a little bit, which was sick. It was a sick tour. And I was stoked for him to do that because he hadn't been able to tour in a hot minute. Um, because, you know, Anoop's married. And he, uh, you know, for a while, I guess, like, you know, his wife is from Uruguay. And she was applying for citizenship after they got married. And I guess there was, like, a pretty long period where they, like, couldn't go... Or, you know, like, I don't know how it works. Like, the U.S. government's like, okay, we're going to, like, call you to come in and have a meeting at any given second in the next three months. You know, and if they if they tell you they need you to come in, you have to come in. And, you know, because I guess the American government's, like, pretty intense about giving people citizenship, even if it's a marriage. You know, they want to make sure it's, like, a real marriage or whatever. So... Um, there was a pretty long period where Anoop, like, even if he got the opportunity to go on tour, he kind of couldn't go on tour because he had to be home in case they had to go in for this stuff and uh, for her citizenship and all that. Um, so I know he was so excited to finally be able to, like, do a, a tour, and I was stoked for him. He also told me about how weird it was in a way because, you know, there are a lot of different rules right now because of COVID and um, that's been interesting to hear about because I'll be experiencing that myself here pretty soon. I'm just like praying that this tour I'm doing next month, like goes through because, uh, I've been seeing, I, I, I have been kind of keeping away from the news in general. Um, the only place I really get my news from is like the late night shows like Colbert and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it seems like people they're the new strains of covid are you know doing some harm uh it's definitely surging again quite largely and i'm just praying that it doesn't get so bad that you know full tours get canceled again and stuff um i mean obviously i want everyone to be safe and all that first and foremost but man am i ready to get back out there and play shows and you know live my life so um, yeah, so fingers crossed on that. I am, uh, not only vaccinated now, but I got my booster shot like a week ago. Hell yeah. So that's tight. Um, I also got my flu shot, which was sick, even though I had to pay for it because my insurance didn't cover it at the pharmacy I was at. And I'd already tried it like two other pharmacies and I was just like, fine, screw it. I'll just pay for it. It was like 30 bucks, but whatever. So yeah, you know. That's pretty much the last bunch of months. I quit a band and I'm going on tour with a different band and uh, I'm not moving to Tennessee. I'm still here in Frederick. What else have I been doing? Playing drums a lot, naturally. Uh, I turned 30. And yeah, I'm sure there's a monumentally larger amount than that, but that is in a nutshell what I've been doing feels good to do this podcast again. I feel like I'm having a hard time talking right now because I haven't talked this much in a long time and it's like taking a toll on my mouth and throat. I like haven't freaking, yeah, I don't know. I, I just haven't, 
I guess I, I hang out with a noob on Sundays sometimes. We watch football, even though I don't even care about football that much. I just go because it's something social. Speaking of sports, though, man, I've definitely been watching the NBA. And, well, for me, I never really watch full NBA games. I just keep up with it, as you all know, and uh, watch highlights constantly. I'm sad how bad the Lakers have been so far this year as a huge LeBron James fan. I mean, that shit has just been tragic to watch. It's also getting depressing how LeBron is dropping like 30 to 40 points a night and they're still losing. It's like, man, it starts sucking when LeBron just has to put a team on his back. I, uh, I would love to see LeBron continue to win championships, but I definitely don't think the Lakers are going to win it this year. Um, Curry and the Warriors look phenomenal. Uh, you know, I used to, I was not a fan of Golden State when Durant was there. But now that he's not there, I have such an appreciation for Steph Curry again. And I'm excited for Clay, Clay Thompson to come back. Um, I'm super not down, to be honest, with Kyrie Irving not playing because of the COVID vaccine. I think it's kind of lame. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, I don't really want to get into that debate, but I'm obviously not an anti-vaxxer because I just said moments ago that I got the booster. <laughs> so, yeah. But doesn't seem to be slowing down the nets too much seeing as how James Harden and Kevin Durant are still killing it and there are a lot of other teams that have been a lot of fun to watch this year I have personally been super enjoying watching all the Bulls highlights like the full game highlights man Zach Levine Lonzo Ball uh, DeMar DeRozan Alex Caruso's on there who's the big they got uh shit I gotta google it hold on I know his name. It's on the tip of my tongue. Chicago Bulls center. Yeah, Nikola. How do you say his last name? Vechuvic. Nikola Vechuvic, I think. Yeah, he's he's like another one of those bigs that seems to shoot the three ball um, pretty well. Uh, but yeah, they. I mean, dude, they are just so fun to watch. Zach Levine's been on fire. Mar Derozan's been absolutely on fire and it's super satisfying for me to see him doing well uh i always felt terrible for him just as like a person because like you know he was a toronto raptor and he kept like they kept getting so close but they couldn't get out of the east because of lebron and the Cavs. and you know then they did this trade and the year they did the trade for Kawhi, they won the championship and that was what like two years ago three years ago now i guess i don't know and uh it was super exciting to see the Raptors win that championship, but it was also kind of a bummer to see them do it without DeMar DeRozan. And then he went to the Spurs and I, I, I don't know. I don't remember him at the Spurs too much. Like I think he did well enough, but um, it seems like he's really clicking with the bulls system. And uh, it's just been a really fun team to watch. So that's been the team I've been paying the most attention to. Um, yeah, LaMelo Ball seems to be killing it too. He's another player that's really fun to watch. Um, just in general, though, y'all know I love basketball, so I always keep up with that. Um, that's really the only sport I've been keeping up with, though. I guess I've kept up with football a little bit this year just because I've been watching it on Sundays with Anoop and my friends Alec and Casey. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much that. What else have I been up to? Drum wise. Um, 
I don't even know. I did a bunch of random covers. I'm doing a cover this week of a Damon Borgier song. Uh, shout out to the homie in my Patreon that got me some stems from that or for that. Um, I'm also going to record a song this week that me and Francesco wrote that's not at all related to Light the Torch. Um, we've just been working on some music for fun that's like, uh, you know, kind of more tech, you know, not like tech blast beats, but just generally technical. It's it's really hard, actually. It's been killing me. I decided to really challenge myself with it, and uh, it's been a struggle to learn it, honestly. It's going to be a cool thing. But, you know, the really cool thing for doing stuff with Francesco, and we we both realized this, and that's why we kind of wanted to try writing some kind of more technical stuff. And I'm hoping that we will continue to write more of it too and maybe actually do like an EP or an album at some point. But the really cool thing is that because Francesco uh, is an Ibanez player, Ibanez is the same company as Tama. It's all underneath Hoshino. So it's very exciting to me because like like this, this song we wrote, we're both going to record video for, and then you know they can promote it as Tama and Ibanez. And I know they're going to love that. And, you know, I think that's sick. I mean, I already have a plan in my head. I haven't even told Francesco about it yet, but my plan is like, dude, let's write a bunch of sick shreddy stuff with tech ass drum shit, you know? And then because it's all like Tama Ibanez, let's be like, yo, Hoshino, you should fly me and Fran. I have no idea. Fran even wants to do this. (laughs) It's just like me in my head being like, dude, how sick would this be? I'm like, dude, we could totally be like, yo, y'all should fly us to Japan. We'll do some like split clinic stuff, you know, together. And that's it. That's the whole thing. I just want to do that because I want to go back to Japan hella bad because I've only been there once and it was so sick, but we hardly had any time to do anything. Also, I wasn't even with Tama yet because it was like 2013 and it was like, I've heard that if you're a, you know, Blake Richardson has told me that like, if you go to Japan as a Tama artist, because that's where all their high end stuff is made, you get like hooked up with like the dopest, you know, rental kits and stuff like super high end everything. And I would love to go there and actually see the factory and and take a tour of it. And I just want to go hang out in Japan. So I, I haven't even told, it's totally just an idea, like a pipe dream. But I totally want to be like, Fran, we got to go to Hoshino and be like, yo, guys, you should fly us to Japan. I don't care if we get paid. I just want to hang out in Japan. We'll do some clinics, hang out, be all stoked, you know, go up to the little coffee machines where like, I don't know. The thing that always I remember the most about Japan is the goddamn little like vending machines that were everywhere and they had hot and cold drinks and they always had these like cold and hot coffee drinks and like, ugh, I love coffee in general. So I don't know. I just have such vivid memories of like standing out front, exhausted as shit, still jet lagged. Cause Japan was the first thing we did on that Asia run, like super tired, not awake and standing on the street with Wes Hauk in the faceless and like drinking those little coffees from those vending machines and just being like, Holy shit, dude, we're like in Japan, you know? So I really want to do Japan again, even if it's just like, some random clinics. I have no idea if that'll ever come to fruition, but either way, I think Hoshino will be stoked that Fran and I are writing some additional music together just for fun. You know, that is definitely more technical and kind of shows off like, you know, the tech stuff more, you know, or whatever. Um, Cause the light, the torch stuff is definitely not super tech. And in that sense, I'm actually, <laughs> it's going to be interesting, man. Like 
the light the torch drumming i think might be some of the easiest stuff i've ever done live you know the stuff i'm doing on this next tour and um you know it's i i mean when i say easy like to me even easy material is always a challenge because you know if something is simple it doesn't always mean it's like simple to execute i guess you know like it still requires good execution like you still have to be present and you still have to like play well i don't i don't know how to explain it i don't know what i'm trying to say but nothing is truly easy you know to to do with conviction but it's definitely the least physically demanding stuff i've probably done live probably maybe ever i guess i mean there were some good tiger songs that weren't as physically demanding but then there also were because i kind of like wrote some like unnecessarily tech stuff for good tiger but i mean good tiger definitely wasn't as physically demanding as other stuff i've done but you know, I think this stuff is even below that in terms of the physicality of it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, but I'm kind of looking forward to that in a way. It'll be nice to, like, go on tour and not at all be worried about the physical side of it. I mean, I'm still always going to do my long-ass warm-up the same way I did for Good Tiger, even though, you know, I'd warm all my limbs up to, like, 230 beats per minute and then go on stage and not do a single blast beat because that's just how I roll. You know, keeps me conditioned all that jazz. But yeah, I mean, um, it'll be fun though. You know, that's, that's something, you know, with Whitechapel and the faceless and anything I've done like that, you know, using Whitechapel as an example, cause it's the most recent thing I've done that, you know, was pretty physically demanding. It took a lot out of me. Like on a daily basis, I was stressed out, you know, just trying to like make sure my body was my body and mind were prepared to execute the material well that night you know on any given night it, it's like a constant stress for me when i'm doing that kind of music however it's you know it's it is stress but it's also like a stress that i'm happy to endure you know because i enjoy the music and it's fulfilling and stuff but like at the same time there is like when i'm when i no longer have to feel that kind of you know angst and stress it, it is a relief, you know, so I'm kind of looking forward to like going on tour and not having to feel that for a while. And again, I'm not complaining. I'm not saying I ever minded feeling that, that kind of tension or stress, uh, when I was playing with Whitechapel in terms of like making sure I was good to go. Um, you know, I, I've always been happy to endure that, especially if I'm happy in the overall situation. But again, that, that was actually something to be honest, guys, that, that definitely played into my, decision too. like there was a part of me that was like when things were going on it was like okay am i going to be able to like put my body and mind through that again you know knowing that some stuff has gone on and and i'm just kind of being expected to like bury it and not address it uh you know that i have this like internal resentment kind of and anger and i don't like it and it's like it's a burden emotionally and physically for me. And it's way harder to, for me to put myself through, you know, doing that kind of physically demanding music when I'm not a hundred percent emotionally and mentally in a given situation. So, you know, um, I was always happy to put myself through that when things were really good. Um, but yeah, 
that definitely played a fact or it was a definitely a factor too. But at any rate, my whole point is I'm looking forward to like, you know, going on tour and not having to worry about that at all. I'll still, of course, always do my warm up and all that. And I'll still make sure I'm always primed and ready to go, but it is definitely going to be a nice change of pace. And, uh, yeah, I'm also currently building light the torches in-ear monitoring rig. Um, because last time I was in LA when, you know, I told him what, I I hadn't publicly announced that I had left Whitechapel yet, but I told Francesco and all them like what was going on. And, you know, they started asking me about doing the tour and they were like asking me about in-ear monitoring and expressed that they, um, it was something they wanted to do. You know, they've wanted to do for a while, but none of them knew, you know, exactly how to do it. So I basically like, they were kind of just like, could you build a rack like that? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's not like that complicated. It's just kind of like an expense, you know, it's an expensive investment. And I think I made the investment about as cheap as humanly possible for them. And I think, I know they're very happy with everything and their management's been happy, but I'm waiting on a few pieces. I have this thing next to me here. It's a 16 space, uh, gator cast. It's like a super heavy duty rack. And right now in it, there's a power conditioner below that. I have a single space rack cover. Uh, and then there's an interface. We went with the, uh, I basically sent them this super long list of gear to get, you know, and been like, this is what I think would be good, but you know, here are some alternatives. And I basically like, dude, I went so nerdy with it. I should probably post in the, uh, in my Patreon chat, the PDFs I made for them. Cause I like mapped everything out in Photoshop, like, you know, with visuals and shit, you know? Cause then I, when they expressed to me that they wanted me to build it for them, I started getting stoked about it. Cause like, you know, I kind of did that with good tiger, but Des really handled a lot of it. And I know even back then I was like a decent at that stuff, but like Des just kind of, he was like an even way better audio engineer. I mean, he's like mixed real albums and stuff. And you know, so he kind of handled more of it, but I always really enjoyed it too. So I was excited to do it and I've just been getting into it, but, uh, we went with the, uh, focus, right? Scarlet. What is it? The 18 I something, um, focus, right? 18 I 20. Is that it? Yeah. The newest one or whatever. Yeah. That's the one. It's a USB interface, which I recommended to them, uh, because right now we're just going to use one of my MacBooks and, uh, for, I'm going to set up the session and pro tools. Although I've also been, I don't know anyone listening. Um, I want to have, so being the overthinker that I am and like just overanalyzing the shit out of everything and wanting to have a fail safe for everything. I was looking at other digital audio workspaces. I'm going to use pro tools mainly, but the thing with pro tools that I fucking hate is that you have to have an iLock or have all your licenses in the iCloud or whatever the hell it's called. And I hate that because on stage, I don't want to have to worry about like being connected to Wi-Fi, And if I lose my connection, the fucking session will close, you know? So, and what if I lose my iLock on tour? You know, like what if I, which would suck for the record, but you know, what, what if that happens? What if I lose it? Like, I mean, I'm pretty goddamn careful with equipment, but so as a failsafe, I was like, what other, is there any digital audio workspace that I can own flat out and not, that could like do what I need it to, which is really just playback. I just need to be able to like, 
you know, like once I have everything set up in Pro Tools, I could just reconsolidate it, bounce out a bunch of waves or whatever, and like literally just import them in. And then I need to route everything to the outputs of the uh, interface. And so as long as I understand how to do the routing in a digital audio workspace, it's not like I'm going to be running plugins. You know, right now, I think what I'm going to do is there's like 10 line outs on the Focusrite interface. I got that interface or I recommended it for them to get. They they bought everything, but I'm just assembling it all. But I thought that one was good because it's USB, um, which means, you know, it'll work with all my computers, but it'll work with just about any computer. And I've had good results tracking with USBs. Like my Audion ID44 is a USB interface and, you know, it's been very, very, very stable. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to do a main stereo out to front of house that has general track stuff. And then another mono out for secondary guitar and guitar layers. And then another mono out for vocal layers. And then to our ears, I'm going to have a stereo signal for my own ears because I'm going to play to a different click and a different backing track than the rest of them. And then what else to the ears? Another stereo track to the ears for, I don't know, I have it all written out somewhere, but we're going to utilize like all 10 of the outputs. But yeah, I think what I'm going to do though is Reaper is only 60 bucks and I you can download it and just try it. Um, and I was messing around with it the other day. I have no idea how stable it is, but once I get the final live session set up for them, I'll probably try importing a bunch of stims into Reaper and routing them, you know, with the focus right and seeing... You know, it didn't seem that complicated. It doesn't seem like there are any, like, auxiliary inputs, though. You just kind of use the track as an auxiliary by sending stuff to different places. But I don't know. It's a little bit – it's very different than Pro Tools. But, yeah, I mean, I think I should be able to set up, like, a backup session in Reaper, which I'll do beforehand. So that way, if, God forbid, I, like, lose my iLock on tour, I can be like, oh, don't worry, and I can open up my Reaper session – and, uh, you know, it should theoretically be okay. So, uh, yeah, you know, but that kind of stuff, like I've been doing a lot of problem solving in recent months, which has been kind of exciting and, uh, doing a lot of nerdy stuff. The latest thing I did was, uh, I was thinking, okay, so for light the torch again, you know, getting ready for this tour and building their rack. Originally we were not going to get a 16 space rack. We were going to get like a 14, but Gator only had the 16 in stock. And I decided I wanted to use, uh, I really don't need kick trigger for them, but I want to uh, do a blend of the tr- the trigger and the mic. And because uh, that's what I've been doing when I practice and it's just it sounds good. I have the trigger mixed pretty damn low and I have the mic cranked in my ears, but the trigger just adds enough attack. And with the two box and, and those on triggers in general, the latency is so minor. Like I've had no problems like keeping them in phase and it sounds really good in my ears. So I was thinking I want to do that and I can build it into their rig. I can just like mount my two box at the bottom of it. And I was thinking though, like, you know what I want to do is I don't want to have, you know, it'll be a pain in the ass to like have to reach in somewhere in the rack and plug the cables in every night. So I took a single space gator rack cover, which is just like a piece of metal and I cut holes in it. Well, I drilled, and cut holes in it. I had to use the Dremel as well as a drill. And I bought these like uh, female quarter inch panel inputs and uh, 
you know, I like screwed them in and then I soldered uh, some quarter inch balanced TRS cables that I cut in half um, to them. So like basically I'm going to have this panel there and it'll, you know, just be wired to the two box inside the rack, but then I'll be able to just plug my triggers into that panel, you know, on stage. So it'll just be more organized. I'm trying to make it super clean, you know, but I've been enjoying doing that kind of projects. Cause like soldering and stuff is like not something I do a ton of. Um, but I've been doing a bunch of it lately and I've been trying to get better at it. So that's been kind of fun. Um, but yeah, so Scarlet interface, um, I'm still waiting on wireless units uh, from Sennheiser for them. I'm not entirely sure yet if I'm going to be wireless. I'd like to be, but they're they're doing this all on a budget, and I could just as easily get my mix from a headphone amplifier, and I'll probably, like, I don't know, buy some, like, cable wrap on Amazon and make, like, a sweet little custom loom and, you know, fucking have my own little nerdy stuff. Part of me almost likes that better. I mean, I love being on wireless, but, like, just because it's kind of fun live to be able to like stand up and move around with my wireless pack on and all that, make sure your signals are working from side stage before you even go out on stage. It's kind of nice, but, um, I also like being hardwired too. It's uh, reliable to say the least. So, uh, but yeah. Um, and then I have an X 32, which, uh, which again, they bought, but it's here currently. Cause we're going to, the tour starts on the East coast. So we're going to rehearse around here. Um, that's why I'm building everything and stuff. And yeah. And then it'll be, we ordered, a. I sent specs to BTPA, which is an audio company and they're, uh, making a custom splitter, a rack mounted splitter unit. Uh, it's 24 channel, which is more than they need, but I'm also going to route. There are a few things that we're going to send to front of house that we're not sending to our ears. And I basically am building them in again to the system you know, and there'll be DI boxes as well, passive DI boxes, and uh, everything will be in one patch. Like the fan off that goes to front of house will also have those lines. Theoretically, I could patch them if there were enough inputs in the X32, which there won't be, but if there were, I could also patch them in there. But I'm just gonna, I bought some uh, uh, recessed rack ears, which were hard to find. I've built them before, but I figured they were so cheap when I finally found some good ones on the internet that I was like, I might as well just buy these. They're like 10 bucks, um, instead of spending the time building them. But, uh, so that way we can leave all those lines plugged in and it'll just be like one patch and I'm going to use my label maker, make it all nice. You know, I know I'm getting way too excited about this, but I love this shit. And that's one of the things I've been doing, spending a lot of time on lately is getting this shit all set up. Um, and also like, I don't know, making sure, I guess, in Good Tiger, it was different because, like, I did some of this stuff, but Dez was, like, the super pro engineer where, like, if something went terribly wrong, I would look at Dez. You know, I'd be like, Dez, uh, you know, and he would – it would be, like, more on him. But in this situation, it's on me. And I kind of like that, to be honest. Like, it's kind of fun. Um, and I enjoy that stuff. So it's been really fun building this system for them. Um, I've been enjoying it. I've been learning some new stuff along the way, which has been fun. And I, I always value that stuff, like learning the audio side of it as well. Um, so yeah, it's been fun that I've been doing a lot of what else have I been doing? I've started going to the gym again, um, pretty regularly, which has been nice. And, uh, otherwise, yeah, it's pretty much it, man. I've kept to myself a lot. Um, I've gone to therapy a lot in the last, uh, 
six to eight months. Honestly, I don't know how I could have gotten through everything without my therapist. That was, uh, very helpful for me throughout the last year. Um, and I'm still continuing to see him. I'm just going to keep going until, you know, I leave for tour and, uh, yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, I'll definitely post some pictures in my Patreon of the rig I'm building for <clears throat> light the torch. They're all super stoked. You know, they've never been on a full, like self-contained in your monitoring rig. So, um, they're excited and I've been having a good time setting it all up and all that stuff. So yeah, I'll post some photos of it as I continue working on it. I'm still waiting on a bunch of pieces. Um, what else? You know, I had some random, I swear there's like more stuff I wanted to tell y'all, but I'll just have to do another episode soon now that I'm doing it again. Um, let's see here. By the way, ironically, Craig Reynolds, texted me this morning and was like, dude, you should come on my podcast again and catch up. So I guess I'll do that soon, considering we were going to do that like eight months ago and then we never got around to it. But I told some of the people in my Patreon that I was going to do the podcast again soon. And they asked me some questions that I purposefully didn't look at until right now. So let's see. Are you doing your warm up routine or recording videos, working on certain songs? I guess that's like a general question about like what I'm doing now. So yeah, right now I've just been kind of like learning random songs. I always do my warm up routine every day. Um, on days where I have a lot of time, which has been a lot lately, uh, I've been definitely doing my warm up for too long. I'll do it for like an hour and a half if I have enough time and, and I'll just watch something <laughs> like an idiot. Uh, I've been watching the same old shit I always do though, like South Park and Archer and you know, just rewatching stuff. I started Bob's Burgers recently. I like it. It's hard. You know, a lot of people seem to love that show. I definitely like it, but it's, I love like the first few seasons of Archer. I don't really like the later ones, but the first couple are so good. And I just associate that voice, H. John Benjamin's voice with Archer so much that it's like hard to hear it as a different character, you know, but Bob's Burgers is really good. Um, so yeah, when I have too much time, I do my warm up for too long, which basically means I get totally warmed up and then I'm like, ah, oh, but I want to finish this episode. So then I, you know, just keep tapping or doing stuff at like high BPMs for 20 minutes and then I move to the kit. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to, I've been trying to just challenge myself. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. I've been trying to just challenge myself with learning different music. Um, because to be honest, I have not had just to be real with y'all, I haven't had any motivation to improve my, uh, improv recently. Um, I mean, at, at times I've had more or less motivation to do that, but in general, throughout this pandemic, I have not had any motivation. And I think that's, you know, to, to work on Im improvisation in general specifically. Um, and I attribute that largely, I guess, to like, I don't know. I just have so much uncertainty in my life right now and throughout the last couple years that I guess in a way like learning music that's pre-planned is like almost, it's like almost like a system of control where like I, I know what to expect <laughs> and there's such little that I know what to expect in my life where there's something comfortable about it to me. Um, and I also, it's, it's very quantifiable. Like I know like, okay, I've, you know, notated this song 
I know how hard this is going to be most likely. I can, if I put in the time and I learn it, then I can record a video for it or something and have something to show for it. And, uh, you know, a lot of the times in my music life, that has not been like my motivation, but I've kind of just taken motivation where I can get it in the last couple of years because it's been such a highway of ups and downs, you know? Um, so it's been a lot of random learning songs and shit, you know, like I did that job for a cowboy cover that was hard as hell. Um, to do those blast beats and stuff with that much power. And I've done a couple other like random videos and I'm kind of doing that same thing. And then also the song I'm working on with Francesco. Um, but yeah, I've definitely spent a lot of time. Oh, I also recorded four drum videos of Whitechapel songs from the newest album. Um, I, I'm not even going to lie. I recorded them a while ago now because I, uh, was still relatively good on the material like i had to rehearse them and at this point i had already resigned but like i just hadn't said anything publicly yet but in my head i was like man right now with how fresh this whole thing is with me leaving i can't say i really felt like playing a bunch of their songs but um because it was still very you know it was a fresh wound still i mean it was my decision to make the wound but it was still you know that kind of thing is it's almost like breaking up with someone like being broken up with sucks, but also being the one that breaks up with someone still sucks, you know? Um, although I would, I would probably go on record and say it sucks more to be broken up with, uh, ultimately. Yeah. Personally, in my experience, uh, that, that one sucks for sure. But anyway, um, you know, it was still just like fresh and I, but I was like, man, I'm relatively uh, like if I just rehearse a couple of these for like a couple days, I know I'll have them good enough to like record some videos for. And I know at some point I'm going to be glad I did that. So I, I recorded four more, uh, Whitechapel drum videos. I have no idea when I'm going to post them. I haven't even listened to two of them yet. And it's been like weeks now or months. Maybe it's been like a month and something. I don't know. It's been a while, maybe more than that. But, you know, so I recorded those four, too. I'm definitely going to post them at some point because, again, I'm incredibly proud of that album. Um, you know, regardless, I'll always be proud to be, be a part of it. Um, and actually, you know, the song, uh, The Ones That Made Us on the new Whitechapel album, that, that's a good example of a song that uh, that song started with me just writing drums. I asked them if they would be into, you know, Cause initially it was just them sending me guitar parts with their like, you know, loosely programmed drum ideas. And I, I had expressed an idea where I was like, I could just, you know, notate and transcribe random drum ideas, but like in a structure and of some kind, like a somewhat recognizable structure and then send them to you. And that's what, uh, the ones that made us is. So that song, I had a big part in writing, um, in that sense, you know, that song totally first started with drums and, uh, they listen to my drum parts and then, um, cut them up a bit, like move some parts around and then wrote the guitar parts around them. And then the midsection, uh, Wade wrote something that was like a little bit different than any that required something a little different than anything I had written on drums. So I, it had like my programming up until that part and then i rewrote some new drums for that you know to match and and i think in the end like it was changed here and there 
by Mark Lewis and stuff in other ways. But that was the one that I, um, I mean, I, you know, wrote drums for the whole album, but like, that was the one that I think I had a, the biggest part in actually, uh, creating as well, um, from scratch because I, you know, like it started off with drum ideas and, and it was built around that sort of a backwards way of working, but it was a fun change. And I think they liked it too. Um, just cause it was a change of pace. I don't think they'd ever had a drummer be like, Hey, here's a bunch of drum ideas, but like in a sort of structure of sorts, see if you can write something around it, you know? So that was kind of cool. Um, and ironically, I did the same thing with Tommy from BT Bam like two years ago. Um, we were thinking about doing a project for it, like a whole thing where the whole, the whole project is me writing drums first and him writing guitars around it. Um, but then we both got busy with stuff, but we had written this one song that way. And then he was like, dude, could I just use this song on my EP? And I was like, sure. And that was like two years ago. And the EP is just about to come out now. And like, at like the end of December. So, um, and he, he was like, here's the final mix. And I, it was so weird. Cause I was like, dude, I fucking forgot I did this. And then I remembered I had recorded video for it too. And I'd never edited the video. So I did that. So I'll be posting that drum video, um, in a couple weeks or in a week or something. I think he's, I can't, I got to email him in a minute. I'll do that before I go to bed. Um, but yeah, the hell else was I saying? I don't even know. Oh yeah. I recorded those videos. I don't know, man. In response to my Patreon question, I've just been trying to work on anything and I've definitely been preoccupied working on a lot of the random audio stuff and otherwise just trying to stay busy and not lose my mind. Um, but working on songs has been, um, and that's why I'm really thankful actually, uh, to this individual that actually asked me this in my Patreon, um, Confury. What's up, bro? Um, Brady, I believe is your real name. And I, uh, you know, I'm really appreciative to him, uh, for, I don't know, providing me, he's, he's been able to, I'm not sure if I can say how or why he has access to some of them, but he's been able to send me quite a lot of drum stems um or album stems i'm sorry not drum stems but full album stems for stuff that i've wanted to cover and that's why i did the slipknot cover that's why i did the jfac cover that's why i'm doing this demo Borgier cover and especially right now in this past year it's been a good way for me to stay busy and and keep my chops up and do something that i've always wanted to do without having to like um, exert myself in other ways mentally, because honestly, I haven't had as much energy for that, um, in the last six months. So it's been nice to just work on some covers, um, for sure. So thank you for that. And that's mostly what I've been working on. Um, let's see what else. I feel like there's something like really big that I've worked on that I'm like forgetting to t tell you guys about. I can't remember. I don't know. I'll come back to that. Let's keep going with a couple of these questions. This episode is already long as shit, but hey, it's been like six months, so what do I care? Even though it is four in the morning right now, I got to go to bed soon because I'm getting my hair cut. Not too early, but early-ish. Because um, my hair is way too long right now. Uh, fa favorite egg flip ingredients from Dylan. Battle snoot. Um, I haven't been doing my omelets lately. Um, I got a new blender for my birthday in November. So I've been doing like my breakfast smoothies, but like all sick now because my blender doesn't suck. Um, but pretty much my omelets, I do, 
three to four eggs uh, with salt and pepper, which I add before I even scramble the eggs, like in a bowl. And uh, I usually use peppers and onions. Sometimes I use broccoli if I have it. Um, I recently accidentally spent like $30 on broccoli because I clicked the wrong thing at the grocery store checkout, self-checkout. And I had the woman come and fix it for me. And then I did it again and I was too embarrassed to like do it. And I was like, oh, screw it. I'll just buy all this broccoli for like $30. It was the dumbest thing I've ever done. It's there's more to that story, but I don't feel like going into it. It's just stupid. Um, but yeah. And then I usually use these like vegetarian chicken patties that I like dice up just like the, you know, the Morningstar ones. I'm not a vegetarian, but like, I just think they're good and they work really well in omelets and they're easy to prepare. I just microwave it for 30 seconds you know, so it's not even fully cooked from the microwave. And then I dice it up and cook it the rest of the way in the pan. And I usually use olive oil with the uh, onions and peppers and that, you know, vegetarian vegan patty thing that's diced up. And I cook those up a little bit in the olive oil and then I add the eggs and that's how I do it. So that's pretty much it. Let's see what else he, he said. If you're not a fan of doubles on the feet, does that mean you'd extra hate doing triples or would that be so outlandish <laughs> that it'd be fucking sick um and then he says because i think that'd be sick but i don't think that's a thing though yeah i don't think that's a thing i mean i don't think it would be practical and it wouldn't even i don't know i don't think that's a thing at all but if it became a thing i don't know i i, I don't know i but yes i do hate doing doubles with my feet uh, immensely. I'm still going to make an instructional video though called God, I swear to God, if somebody steals my idea before I have a chance to do it, I better just do it soon. I'm going to see if I can do it before this tour. We'll see. There's a chance that light the torch actually might like hire me to uh, at some point in the next couple weeks to like fly to Indianapolis. Basically they were in the middle of a tour when COVID hit and they had to leave all their equipment in Indiana and now we're doing this next tour starting on this side of the country but all their gear is like in a random storage unit out there so like at some point soon in addition to all this other stuff I have to do this month and they're I'm trying to I'm recording some new videos this week but I think I might have to like I offered to do it so it's fine but like it would, it'll still be quite a trip I, I would basically fly out to Indiana and then rent a U-Haul and drive back <laughs> with all their gear because they need it here. And there's also a couple wireless units in there that we need for this rig. And um, I kind of offered to do it just because I was like, A, I'm kind of always down to do shit like that just because I'm a crazy person. And B, it was just, yeah, I was just down to do it because I was like, you know what? I could stand to take a little road trip, you know, take a little flight somewhere, drive back with some gear. Why not? Um, wait, how did I even get on that? I don't know. Oh, before I leave, if I can fit it, I really want to get squeeze in a drum instructional video a new one that is uh death metal double strokes how to do them and why i hate them and then the cover of like the image that would accompany it would be like an image of me making a really ugly smiling face and doing thumbs up uh or something like that but uh and and all tr you know in, in the the title would be kind of a joke because i do really dislike that technique but i also understand why it's become a thing which i think i've addressed on here before like i don't hate on people for you know, doing it. So I, I just don't personally really like it, but I do know how to do it. So I'm going to make uh, some kind of video like that. Let's see what other questions we got 
favorite places you've been on tour, favorite places you've eaten on tour. Man, I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to spend more time on that at some point. Um, Because, yeah, man, there's more. Actually, you know what? I'm Guys, I gave you an update. So how about I save your questions, the rest of the questions? Because I just saw another question on here for from the same guy. It says, talk about how much you love Mr. Robot, which I definitely want to talk about. Because I think... I don't think I've done an episode since watching of this podcast. I mean, since I watched all four seasons of Mr. Robot and that's something I definitely want to talk about because I, that, that show had a profound impact on me, honestly, and I'm obsessed with it. So I want to talk about that more. So, you know what? I'll just do another episode in the next few days. I'll go over these questions, all the rest of them. And then maybe I will like in more detail, and uh, maybe I'll also like post on Instagram and see if you know there are other random questions. I've been reluctant to do that recently because I know people are going to probably ask questions like about Whitechapel and stuff, and you know I'll just have to ignore those. I mean, I've said pretty much what I've said in in this episode as well as my press release are is as much as I'm ever going to say, and you know, out of respect to the rest of the individuals involved, basically. And, you know, I, I think that that's already more than enough. In fact, I was even a little anxious to say anything I've said on this episode, but I don't think I said anything out of line, you know. I, I wish them well, and it just didn't work for me anymore. And, uh, yeah. But I will uh, definitely do another episode in the coming days, and I will answer all the rest of these questions from my Patreon and I feel like pretty much only the people in my Patreon are even going to listen to this. Um, you know, I, I was kind of starting to build it like a decent following according to my analytics for my podcast, but then I stopped doing it for seven months. So <laughs> I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, I'm going to log into my Podbean account or whatever the hell it's called in a minute when I upload this, but I'm sure it's just going to be like a bunch of graphs going way down. But we'll see. Maybe I'll grow back up. We'll see, guys. Anyway, it feels good to be back in general. I'm a little bit stressed right now, just in general. I don't even know why. I guess I just... You know what stresses me out before I go? I just get ideas all the time. Like, I have an idea to, like, build something, and I'm like, oh, man, I want to do that. And I'm, like, in the middle of other stuff, and it stresses me out because I don't want to forget. I know that sounds dumb as shit, but whatever. Anyway, I'm not, like, really stressed. I just, like... You know, I'm excited uh, on several things that I'm working on and I'm excited to go on tour again. And I have angst about like getting ready to go on tour again because it's been so goddamn long. Um, but aside from that general angst and stuff, my overall state of mind has been great lately, especially considering, um, you know, everything that happened. I, I went through a period where I wasn't great, but when I finally, you know, sent in my resignation, I felt so much relief, um, which was such a bizarre thing to say, but it, it really was such a relief to me. And, um, it felt like I could finally kind of move on. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man, that was a wild time, but yeah. So pretty much since then I've been in a much better mental headspace and that's been great. Um, proud of myself for kind of like, you know, standing up for what I believed was right and truly wish them well. Um, so I'm sorry for the long break. I just, you know, didn't know how to talk about a lot of that stuff. Still don't to an extent, but I've said as much as I think I should say. And 
I really appreciate for real from the bottom of my heart, everyone's support on the internet that posted on the Instagram post I made, as well as everyone uh, in my Patreon who I talked about or who I talked to about some of it. And I appreciate all you guys very much for real. Um, so yeah, you know, it just means a lot to me. Um, you know, I, I do worry some about what people think, you know, I'm, I've been in a lot of bands. I've worked for a lot of different people and it was never my intention to jump around a ton. It's weird, man. I think in other genres, people like there are guys that, you know, make an entire career off of like jumping around and sessioning for different bands and stuff. But like in metal, if you play with different people, you, it seems like people start to judge you differently or something. And I don't know, you know, it was never my intention to do that. It's just kind of what happened. And I don't know, I've tried to be upfront and honest in every situation I've ever been in and tried to be rational and objective and, you know, um, while still trying to do what I think is right for myself, but also not doing wrong to others. And, you know, I've done the best I can. Um, and it seems like people have appreciated that to some extent. And that means a lot to me. Um, I don't know if I'm making any sense anymore. It's too late and I'm just ranting, but Hey, that's why it's called rants and revelations. Am I right guys? It's good to be back though. I'm definitely going to be doing more episodes, um, up until I go on tour anyway. And, um, you know, then I'll take a break, I guess, for a couple weeks. Although who knows, maybe I'll try to bring some shit with me and try to do something at some point. Um, we're going to be on a bandwagon, so maybe I could do some, bring some and try to get somebody and light the torch to do an episode with me or some shit like that. But we'll see at any rate, I'm definitely going to be continuing to do it. Thank you guys, uh, for listening as always. And, uh, I will do another episode in the next few days, answer the rest of those questions and continue on ranting. Yeah. Good to be back, y'all. Much love. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.